don't know this, this might be the first thing we release. <gasps> the first thing was going to be the one with Shay, Ben, and Amy and everything because the audio got all messed up. I could, I could be the first person on the new the new setup. The new setup, right? And there's a new there's a new graphic. What? I know. I made it myself. It took about ten seconds, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's legit. I took our logo and I wrote the word podcast underneath it. Nice. Chose the fancy color and then angled it slightly. You're just a creative maverick. That's what you are. Yeah. There's no stopping. Completely self taught. Because you, sure? that's you, it. You, you, you have like a uni degree in that. You can't teach this. You can, no, no, my uni you just, degree. You're was just born pointless. with it, really. For sure, I agree. I doubted myself for a while, but but here we are. You know, and and so genuinely, the truth is, every time Ben tried to tell me something about your row, I was like, no, like I'm not. I don't want to hear. I want to hear from Rob <laughs> about his like ridiculous rowing achievements, um, and. Ben was telling me like just snippets and I was obviously watching, was it your brother holding? Yeah, so my, my brother was covering my Instagram and then Ben was also in a WhatsApp group that I think my dad was sort of running um, that was kind of filling in like friends and family and that of what was of what was going on with me. How? Um, so I had, so I have a, I had sat phones um, and so I would every now, I could, I could text him. Basically a sat phone is basically just like a mobile phone from the 90s. Uh, Did it have snake? No, it didn't. I asked them that. I was like, does it have snake? No, it was like, the disappointment in my voice was like... It's disgusting. It is disgusting. If it didn't have a snake or... I feel like there was like a space invader type game or something on them that I love. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, and I was you like, one of them? No, you didn't have any games. What a joke. It's just right? In the middle of the Atlantic. What is this? Like, so it's like, it's fine. Yeah, okay, you can text people from like, you know, the middle of the ocean and whatever. But if you can't play snake, what's the point? Wait, so you can get reception in the middle of the Atlantic... Yeah, I can't get reception at the gym. Yeah, that's messed up. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. You just have to. You just basically. There's a couple of like just. uh, I think geostationary satellites, um, and then you just basically point the antenna at that. Wow. And then yeah, not only that, you can. I could also send back photos and videos um, with a little device called a BGAN, which is like a, it's like a satellite terminal, like a router, and then uh, I would just have to point that at a satellite and to send stuff. But it's slightly That's awkward awesome. because I'm in a very small boat in a very big ocean and I'm getting thrown around quite a lot. And <laughs> you need to point it at the satellite. Like, and then you try to send like a video back and it's like, and this is the thing, like my dad and my brother, very supportive, they were great, but occasionally they got like quite demanding. And I think as it was getting quite, it was picking up a bit of attention at home. And they were like, oh, can you send us back a video? It's like, I don't, a 30 second video takes 30 minutes. Really? Yeah, now to be fair, I was trying to send back in 4K because I'm an idiot and the connection's not, I mean, it's in the middle of the ocean, right? So the connection's not, not as, as it would be here. But yeah, there was some compression apps which I probably should have used and didn't. Anyway, the point is, <laughs> is that I was standing like on the boat trying to point this thing at a satellite, trying to send this thing for like half an hour. I was like, could be rowing, could be sleeping, could be eating. <laughs> could it's be, cool, man, it's cool. <laughs> could be pooing in a bucket. Could be pooing in a bucket. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's so. insane, though. Yeah. Because I did wonder how you were keeping in touch. Because your brother was like, any messages for Rob? Or, yeah. Um, and there was always, you know, it was like he's halfway. He's, I forget how many miles left. You know, he'll be in next Wednesday or whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised you lived. I'm surprised I lived. I'm actually slightly surprised I did it. Because, really? I, yeah, well, I haven't really told anyone this, but like, initially I wanted to do the crossing as a four because I didn't think I could do it so right. yeah, yeah. And so when I, when I like, 
started this thing and when it started to like pick up a little bit of like attention and stuff and sponsors were getting kind of interested in things like that i was i was like wow man you you better be able to do this thing otherwise you're <laughs> gonna look like a proper idiot <laughs> like and and you and there's no reason why you can't people have done it before yeah it's a known thing it's just quite difficult sometimes well it's quite diff- how many miles was it uh so it's it i think in the end it was 3200 miles jesus christ um 53 days, 53 3 days. hours, 20 minutes. Really? Yeah, that's the, the specific The 20 minutes time. counts. 20 minutes definitely counts, man. That's <laughs> awesome. So over 3,000 miles on your own in a tiny boat. Yeah. Like, that's exceptional. That's just, it was just, it was, yeah, it's mad. It's like, it's, it's really hard to like, yeah, it's still quite hard to sort of, because a lot of people ask, and, and rightly so, they go like, well, how was it? And I'm like, that's a very big question. <laughs> like, it's like, like, fine. Yeah. It's how, like, how was your so right, mate? Days? How you been? <laughs> like, and well, they mean, and that, and that, sound, that sounds flippant. Like, I don't mean it to be like, because they mean the best buy and, and they're interested, obviously. But it's genuinely just quite a difficult question to answer. Um, because you do have like the best time of your life out there. You do have these amazing highs. Really? Yeah. So you're, you're, the, the, the sunset, the, the, sorry, the sunrise, the sunsets, the night sky, the wildlife, surfing down big waves. Like, it's amazing. But equally, you have like you know the crippling emotional breakdowns, mm-hmm. um, just the general like tiredness, sore, hungry, the monotony. You appear to just be describing my life on <laughs> <laughs> particularly the. You should have rowed an ocean. You'd be great at it. Be, yeah, <laughs> just me. Yeah, man. That is a very big question. Fair. I won't ask it. You can ask it. No, I won't ask it. Okay. No, I, I, I want to know more about the crippling emotional breakdowns. I yeah. Know how they relate to my own. There were a few. <laughs> I think I think there were. So I kept a tally on the on the inside of the cabin of like uh, wildlife I'd seen against crippling emotional breakdowns. Nice. So I think I saw. I had a pod of dolphins that hung out with me for three days. That was amazing. Wow. Had a couple of whales come and say hi. There were some turtles, some jellyfish, and that was up against about four or five crippling emotional breakdowns. So I I put that as a net gain. That's a, at the very least, it's balanced. Yeah, I think so. Wow, a pod of dolphins followed you for three days. Yeah, man, it was cool. They come, well, they they sort of came and went. So the first time they just appeared, they just kind of like blasted past me. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was the next night. It must have been just after midnight, and I was putting the oars away and setting up the boat. I was getting it some sleep, and then I saw this sort of grey sort of shape move under the boat, and I was like, "Oh, is that a shark? What is threatening?" That? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and then no, I looked out, and it was amazing. It was these like two or three dolphins that were doing laps around my boat, like going around and under my boat, which was really cool. That's, it sounds like they were taunting you. Yeah, a little bit. Look, look how I, fast if if any animal is going to be taunting you, it's going to be a dolphin, isn't it? A dolphin. Um, and then, like, the next, was it the next morning or the morning after? It was dawn. And, like, a whole pod, there's like, I don't know, 30 or 40 of them, uh, came, and, came and hung out and, like, for about for two hours. And they were just hanging out, like, in front of the boat and around. And I saw them, I think I saw them a little bit after that as well. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. That's truly amazing. Yeah. That was, that was, that was cool. So, and a couple of whales. Yeah, a couple. The whales were interesting because the the whales sort of turned. So there were two. I think one was a minky and one was a humpback. But the whales kind of turned up on like the toughest days. And and it, you can read into that whatever something you want. Spiritual there. Something something kind of deep right yeah. there. And and there was one day I was just having a terrible day. It was flat calm, which is horrible because the calm weather is the worst because it's incredibly hot. Mm-hmm. There's no wind to take the edge off it. There's no wind to help push you along. 
and it's not causing any waves, which means the monotony is just like incredible. Mm. So what it's like is like dragging a 700 kilo weight through a desert, <laughs> which is just, and that's just like, that's just savage. So, but then sure enough, this sort of whale turned up and sort of hung around for a little bit. And that was, and that was pretty cool. And then that just, it's amazing just how that little sort of thing can like pick up your, um, just pick your mood up really. Uh, and then someone goes down, amazing night sky whole milky way up there shooting stars meteorites and a real depth to the night sky as well you can see like obviously the brightest stars that you can usually see but then you can see sort of almost like layers behind that of like the slightly more you know slightly less bright stars and stuff wow so and then and again so you know you go from like just being like why am i here this is a terrible (laughs) idea why rowing an ocean why who does this to like having the best time of your life in the space of a few hours and are you sleeping at night or are you rowing at night or is that dependent on the conditions? You're, it, it's somewhat condition dependent. Mostly I would row. So my, my sort of broad shift pattern was basically between 5 a.m. and midnight and I do two hours on 40 minutes off. Um, but you're not sleeping for five hours. There's other jobs you have to do around the boat. So you're probably getting maybe three hours sleep a night. What? And then some like 10, 20 minute naps during the day. Really? Um, yeah, but it gets quite difficult to sleep sort of during the day, especially in the afternoon because the heat. So that just, yeah, kind of kills it really. So you're doing this ridiculous expedition, burning that much calories, you know, that much yeah. trauma and barely sleeping at all. Yeah. I'm the, surprised you didn't have more emotional breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> the lack of sleep's a big issue. Like it, it, it really messes with you. Um, and it can cause, it causes some pretty interesting hallucinations. Really? Um, yeah, so at the, so toward the start, they ha- they happened quite early, and it really caught me by surprise because I thought it was get- no one told me they were going to happen so fast. <laughs> I thought this would be like halfway toward the end when you've really built up a, a real like sleep deficit, but no, it, it happened like in the foot in by day five to ten. I was, I mean, I was basically high. Really? Uh, yeah, it was crazy. Uh, the first thing that happened was I was on a night shift, and. You have a you have a navigation light which lights up sort of the, the rowing deck. Okay. You can't be you can't see anything else apart from that at night, which is kind of creepy. That's terrifying. So, uh, but all of a sudden, I just fell into this sort of daze, and was like, so. I could, I could I forgot everything. I forgot where I was, what I was doing, why I was doing it, whose boat this was, everything. I then somehow convinced myself I was on Windermere in the Lake District. Don't know why. Lovely. It's a great place. It's lovely, and. I then also hallucinated three figures in the stern cabin and I asked them if I could stop rowing or when I could stop no rowing. No way. And it lasted for a couple of minutes and then I snapped out of it and I was like, that was creepy. Say, it sounds like, like a DMT trip or something. Yeah, it was like, it was like that's very Seeing Twilight little Zone-y. creatures. That's like weird. And then, and, then, and then it got weirder. It got, there was a, there was a gorilla which uh, <laughs> was sitting on my stern cabin. Was it Harambe? No, no, it had the voice of Brian Cox because I was listening to a podcast about him at the same time. So I was talking to this gorilla about so the you're night listening sky. To podcasts from Brian Cox while you're in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, yeah. We just downloaded him on Spotify. Oh, okay. Um, and I was talking, yeah. And so I was talking to this imaginary gorilla who had the voice of Brian Cox about the night sky. <laughs> and that was, didn't even know what was going on. And then, and this all happened in the space of a week. And then the last one that I remember anyway was again it was sort of like dusk and I remember looking over and just seeing a cow stand in the water no. and just and just verbally and just literally just verbally going like 
oh, this is a really bad sign. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, oh no, you're this is bad. Like you're, and then it was fine. It was fine for the. I didn't. Well, I suppose I don't know if I didn't hallucinate. I don't think I hallucinated again. Uh, for the next. That's got to be horrifying. I've I've only kind of hallucinated from like sleep deprivation stuff once, and I remember I could see. Um, like crystalline spiders, yeah. Um, kind of building this tower with their web in the middle of the room. That's free. And I could like look, and if I went one way, I missed them, and if I went back, they were there. And I was like, oh, because it's how the light is yeah. reflecting off of them. Like, and it was all so real, and it didn't scare me at all for some weird reason. But to do that in the middle of the ocean. That would terrify me. But you know, the thing is, you know, so the first one where I was like, fell into that daze, that really kind of freaked me out a bit. Mm. I was like, that was weird. I didn't like that. The gorilla and the cow, <laughs> to be honest, just kind of funny. And I was like, later on, you kind of realize, you're like, oh, okay, this was, that, that, you know, that's funny. That was whatever. But it got really creepy later on. So after that sort of period, after the first, I don't know, two weeks, I sort of didn't really hallucinate again until about week four or five and then it was creepy because at night i was hearing crying or wailing like on the wind no which was like freaky and then i also heard um well not no i not heard saw uh, <laughs> a hand come out the water and grab the no. side of the boat. and what that was <laughs> actually you you it, was just, it was just a little wave that hit the boat and some water had splashed up but in my just completely wrecked state I was like, oh, it's a zombie hand that's grabbing the side of the boat. And then, went, you know, I'm in the middle of nowhere. And that was like, I didn't, that really freaked me out. And, and I was sitting there as I was rowing, literally having to tell myself out loud, it's like, you know what's real, you know what's real, no. you know what's real. And that you was like... You can see why old sailors were, you know, like sirens and stuff were... Well, that, yeah, exactly. And that's what I thought, like, that whole crying on the wind thing was... That's, that's horrifying. ...was like. But the solution was... Blasting uh, ACDC Thunderstruck. Nice, man. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Good, like, good song to pick. Yeah, great song to pick. I remember it specifically from training here. So, like, <laughs> good. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, man. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for no, that. No gratitude to ACDC. That, that, seemed, that seemed to work for a few nights anyway. And then it came back. And then I just went full, like, Tom Cruise Tropic Thunder. Perfect. Like, just stood up and just, like, ranted at the hallucinations in my head basically but what do you mean you people yeah, yeah exactly yeah right um, i was like i will massacre you <laughs> that is horrifying it's not there man that's yeah. properly horrifying yeah it was creepy um and i'm following along and stuff and i remember something that went up on your instagram and i, I remember thinking like jesus christ he's just literally in the middle of the ocean yeah was there something did you put up a video of like huge waves coming or something and i was like there was, oh my Christ. There was a video of me surfing down some waves to share turn back time. Yes. <laughs> Which is quite fun. <laughs> I like just but, to have the balls to do it. It's true story. Today, the Athlete Movement Instagram, you know, like your memories. Two years ago, we posted about you. Two years ago today, which is just incredible time flies, irony. About today, I wonder if I can find it. This will make excellent viewing. <laughs> um, and I've got a text from Shay. Am I recording? Yes, Shay. <laughs> Hi, Shay. Um, um, I'll try and find it. It was a post of you, and it was announcing that you were doing it. Here it is. Two years ago today, 
there we go. The camera, I won't be able to see it, but... But there's me. a member of Athlete Movement. Looking, looking a lot paler. Rob Hamilton. And you're in a similar t-shirt, but not the same. I'm now, now, repping, uh, now repping Atlantic campaigns. The full one. Um, so that is, that's incredible. Two years in the making. That's mad. When you told me, I'd never heard of anyone doing it. Yeah. Like, never. I, have I you, thought, that have, sounds ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and then shortly after you... Well, shortly probably six months after it's on the row all the fucking time. Um, Chris, a guy that trains here, like an older guy, like mid-40s, late-40s, yes. started talking yeah. about wanting to do it at a four, and I remember him talking to you. And then recently, because it's obviously just happened, yeah. um, a, a family friend, as it were, kind of said to me, um, did you see this, this mental thing? This, I believe she's the youngest person to have ever done it. Jasmine. She, this girl yeah. rode across the Atlantic, yeah. and I was like, I know someone that's just done that. Yeah, ja- Jasmine's great. I was, I sort of, we, so we, we hung out a bit before, before and after the row, um, and I sort of was there to, to see her in, and that was, that was cool, man. That was yeah. really cool. How old is she? She's like seventeen. She's, she's twenty-one. Or? Oh, she's twenty-one. Sorry. Yeah, um, but she's, she's the youngest person, youngest, youngest woman to ever solo row any ocean. Any ocean, and that is cool. That's very, very. That's cool. very cool. But I can't compete the, with that. The first person from athlete movement to solo row i think that's cooler actually which yeah take that jasmine i think that (laughs) (laughs) keep your record yeah keep your world record no like it's just exceptional two years ago and i remember all your like challenges with like financing the boat and oh it's just like going to meet potential sponsors and like going to your work and this is it's the crazy thing and i think it's the same with a lot of sports it's like everyone sees that like finish photo, don't they? Mm. And everyone, in my case, that's the photo of like, you know, standing on the boat with a flare in with the, the air, being like, <laughs> being like, yes, trying not to get burnt by the flare. Yeah, fair. Um, but, but it's a huge project to get there. And, and that finish line, it's funny, like in some ways when you start the race, you kind of feel like you're finishing because, because you've, you've, you've done almost two years now of yeah. work just to get to the start line. And you're kind of like, this is the end. You've, and I haven't even started You've yet. earned your place and then... Yeah, you've Jesus, and so it's, it's people crazy. always ask about the gym, how much it cost. It was like you know how how much did it cost to start a gym, and I never tell them a precise number. I'm always yeah. like, well, just like six figures, man. Like, yeah, go find some money. Um, <laughs> like, could you put a rough figure or are you a specific if you want on how much it cost? Um, yeah, about about 120 grand. Jeez. and that's from sponsors. That's not yeah, that's mental. Which is a crazy amount of money to raise. Especially in the pandemic. (laughs) Interesting. Because that's been fun. (laughs) (laughs) What's 120 grand? What's that going on? The boat, did you tell me that was about 40? Uh, So the boat actually fully kitted, ready to rock and roll. It's about 65. That's your biggest, that's your biggest outlay. Wow. And then the race entrance fee uh, is about, I think it's about 20. So you have to pay to take part. Yeah, yeah. You have to pay for this, for this pain. And that's, that's what funding all the race marshals. The yeah, so so as part of the race, you, I mean, it's it's a it's a brilliant organisation. You get a lot of support. So it funds um, well, basically everything in in Lagomera at the start line in the Canaries. So yeah. there are there are pre shipping inspections, post shipping inspections. There's you know birthing of the boat out there. There's the whole Atlantic campaigns set up and them helping you launch and everything. There wow. are two support yachts for the fleet uh, out in the ocean. You'll never really ever see them. They're not like they're holding your hand the whole way across. I didn't see them at all. But when you just said that, I was like, only two. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's one. So there's one at the front of the fleet, and there's one that kind of hangs around the back. Um, and sometimes, if it's 
you know, if it's possible, they might like sail by and say hi. Really, they're there to keep an eye on the fleet. Um, and it honestly sounds like school, man, where like if you're in middle set, you're destined to, to drown. Like if, you're in the, if you're in the middle, there's no boat near you, man. Yeah, there's right. no teachers coming yeah, to help right. you. There's no one. No, you're fine. You're, yeah. yeah, whatever. And that's kind of what it was because I didn't see them. If there is a really, and this is the thing that's quite interesting about the race. If there's a really dire emergency, yeah, okay, they'll be on hand. And how are you calling them? Flat? Uh, sat phone. You call them on okay. sat phone because they're, they're too far. They're way out of VHF range. They, I mean, they might, you call them, sure. They might be on their way, but you have to understand they might be three days away. So it's not like they're right next to you the whole time. The fleet gets incredibly spread out because it's got four, like four-man teams and solos so that the spread of the fleet is over 1,000 miles or 1,500 miles or more. So like half the track almost. Yeah, the... exactly. And then, and then it's also, it's not just, that's not just linear, but it's also north-south because it's not like a, it's not like a marathon where everyone's on exactly yeah, the same pulled. route. There's, there are different route, routes you can kind of take. Not hugely, but yeah, so... If something really, really bad has happened and they need to evacuate you, and it's that's got to be pretty catastrophic, yeah. um, then okay, sure, they're on their way, but you're very much in a, in a survival situation. So, yeah, so potentially you're in danger. You've got three days to hang on. Yeah, yeah, kind of. You've got a life raft on board. Um, the only okay. real reason you'd ever get into that life raft is if you had like a an uncontrollable fire on board or if you capsized and it wouldn't self-right for whatever reason. So... That's pretty much the only two reasons. That, that's the real... I say, that's the thing that hold me back. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's, that's terrifying. Yeah. I mean, it, it is the level of confidence to step out and do that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty unlikely that that'll happen. It has happened. Mm. Um, but the boats are incredibly safe. Um, people do capsize. I had a, couple, I had a few close calls. Um, I had a few people capsized in this race. Uh, but but it's fine. The boats are designed to you know flip back round. It's a bit daunting, obviously. You get a bit beaten up, <laughs> um, but uh, but you're fine. And that's the that's the important thing. And and the interesting thing about this is that you know it, they really won't come and get you unless there's something really quite dangerous. Because because rescues, ship to ship rescues are dangerous, and they're dangerous for the crew that are doing it. It's dangerous for you. How come? Because you're because the sea because basically the sea is doesn't always cooperate. <laughs> Okay. So you've got big old waves coming down and, you know, you often will have to jump into the water in order to get onto the other boat. But that could be quite a big boat. Your That boat is moving up and down because of the waves. It could easily, like, land on your head or something. So you, you need to be able to... You have everything on board that you need and you just need to tough it out, basically. And people do. People phone up because it is hard. And you don't. And there are days where you absolutely don't want to be there. Mm. And, and that happened to me. Many occasions, but <laughs> many occasions did I break down and, and just cry at yeah, the hopelessness yeah, of real. everything. But you, you know you can't quit, and that actually is quite nice. Because plenty of people want to quit, and they, and they may phone up the race safety officer, a guy called Ian Couch, absolute legend, and they'll be like, and then they'll often try and like fudge it, and they'll be like, so, uh, so-and-so isn't working, you need to come get us. Mm-hmm. And you basically just go, no. <laughs> like, wow! No, because it's fine, but also because he wants you to succeed, because he knows that as soon as you get off the boat and you get onto the safety yacht or something like that, you will regret it. And then, yeah, you've lost your chance. And to you finish. can't. Yeah. So I'm just I'm still like 120 grand. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. That's boat, that's <laughs> it's, the it's 20 nuts. grand entrance fee. That's that's insane. Yeah, it's it is insane. It's it's not. It's a it's a 
in some ways it's, it is a shame because it you know sponsorship is difficult and it doesn't exactly make it the most accessible sport in the world does it mm. so it would be nice if it was cheaper and more people could do it because I'm sure there are plenty of people that want to do it but are just not in a position to be able to, to. raise that kind of funds um, because a lot of sponsorship is about who you know mm-hmm. and, and things like that and it does you know it does kind of did you I remember you telling me ages ago that you were thinking about selling the boat at the other end I have done yeah oh that's done yeah it's done so the old girl's the old girl's gone she's gone well not yet I mean it's got to come back to the UK but yeah it's it's sold. What happens to those funds? Do they go back to sponsors, or is that kind of your money? Is that uh, they'll go? No, that's 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 my money, pretty much, because I had some of my own cash, sort of, sort of in that. And so, it, yeah, it depends. Some people, some people, they'll sell the boat on the deal that the money will go back to the sponsor. Some will donate, uh, will donate a lot of it to charity, which is probably what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, fair enough, man. And when you are kind of travelling across. Like the the video of you surfing the waves, like it's so much fun. But that's terrifying. <laughs> Some of them must be just, and the, in that video, like enormous. Yeah. So so there there are waves. There are waves which I sort of referred to as like your your standard waves, which are probably like standard waves in big seas, which are probably like the size of your average sort of terraced house. Brilliant. Right. And then there were what I sort of called warehouse waves, which were more infrequent and they're probably the size of athlete movement right <laughs> and then and i gotta say when you're like when you're looking up at these things you're like huh um some of them are fine because and you're very, going up it yeah and over the other side yeah some of them are fine because they're quite gentle mm-hmm. you know but some of them are, are pretty steep and you're like oh, this is going to be interesting um and how, what's the approach do you row through it do you, you so pull it, the rows that row at the oars so, in? so it's kind of like it's kind of like surfing you basically do a few I'm not a surfer, but what I no, imagine you, you, surfing you paddle to, be, to like, get going, and you then paddle you let to the get wave going, and then you and then you let the wave take you, and you don't paddle when you're surfing the wave because that'll slow you down. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when you're, but when you're surf, it's 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 especially funny at night because you can't see the waves and you oh. don't know how big they are. No, and you can hear them breaking, and you're like, okay, so that's okay. And then sometimes you can hear them breaking above you, and it's like. Right, and you can just make out sometimes the the white water of the wave breaking above mm-hmm. you, and you're like, "But that's okay, interesting." And then if it's a very starry night, you can you can you can't see the wave, but you can see the stars disappear, and you're like, and you're like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> if that hit you when you're in a, a hallucinative state, oh man, oh man, the stars are disappearing. Yeah, yeah, it's bad, and. uh and then sometimes at night, you know, you'd have no warning and then just a torrent of white water would just come out of nowhere. You'd have from about two meters from the boat and would just smash into the side of the boat and just send you off in some direction. And that's just like... Did so, you feel like you were in a race? Does that make sense? Like, yeah. Did you feel like... Um, did did the, the order of finish matter to you? Or, or is the race, you know, you against the, the ocean? Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. Like, I think for me it was more about me against the ocean mm. I always wanted to do this thing I was like look if I'm if I'm in a position to be competitive because it's such an open environment you, you just you know you just don't know what's going to happen you mm. don't know how you're going to respond to the conditions Not really anyway um, and so I was very much just like let's just let's just get out there and see what happens and it's if I'm bit, in a, if I'm a in a position like the marathon be, where you've got the elite runners in the same race as yeah. the amateurs yeah um, yeah, and you're just trying to. Not that I'm saying you're not elite because you're rowing across an entire. <laughs> well, no. So I think for me, I was very much like. Um, 
I wanted to get to the other side and be able to look back and, and just feel very pleased with what I'd done. I'd, I wanted to do the best crossing that I possibly could. I didn't want to feel like I'd phoned it in. I wanted to go, you know, maximum effort and we'll just see where, where, that, where that ends me up. Yeah. Because some of the other guys in the fleet, you know, okay, sure, it's out of everyone's comfort zone doing something like this. But but some of the other guys have plenty of ocean experience. Okay. You know, they they'd sailed across the Atlantic a couple times. They they'd done, you know, another one of the guys, you know, basically lives and works on boats, you know, all day long. Okay. You don't know what the conditions are going to be like. You don't know if, how seasick you're going to be. You don't know how uh, like just just how exhausted like it's this is going to make you and how mentally you're gonna you're gonna react how injured you're going to get if you're going to get injured. You know, there's a lot of things. There are just so many unknowns. That so you're not conditioned to that environment. Not they're, they're talking about stories of being on the, on the ocean and you're talking about stories of being on a concept too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like, they don't really compare. <laughs> like, how did you, like, where did you finish? Uh, I came third in class. So third solo. Wow. Out of eight. Uh, wow. Man. So I'm pretty happy, man. Yeah, <laughs> happy with that. And I was only, and to be honest, there was another guy out there, um, Gareth, uh, Atlantic Dragon, also a solo rower. And we were hanging, hanging out quite a lot in Gamera and we were also hanging out a lot in Antigua. But we would actually, and I, I think this is maybe like a symbol of maybe more like endurance focused events. There seems to be more camaraderie because you're kind of more up against the elements necessarily mm -hmm. than each other. And we actually started phoning each other on the sat phone every Saturday. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, just to have a chat. Just because you miss talking to people, you miss people. Mm -hmm. And so like, I just feel nice to chat to someone. So we just exchanged numbers before we, before we went off. Uh, and yeah, we'd phone up, we'd talk about, we'd talk about everything, like stuff we'd seen, how we were reacting to the conditions, yeah, how we were yeah. doing this. And it was nice great. to have a sounding board like, is this normal? Yeah. You know, what's happening to me? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was, it was cool because he was reacting to some of the stuff in the same way. So actually that was almost like, that almost kind of took away from the competitive side of things a little bit, for me anyway. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, it'd be cool to finish at a similar time. Yeah. But of course, it'd be cool to hang out in Antigua. For real, yeah. yeah. And, and I finished, in the end, I finished two days after him. So, which is not, to be honest, is not far in, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, it's like two days, days. Is nothing. Um, but the winner of the solo race, um, a guy called Ant, uh, Team Wave Warrior, he, he finished two days ahead of Gareth and he, uh, he killed it. I mean, he crushed it. He yeah. did awesome work. Um, was he, had he done it before? No, he'd, I think he'd sailed the Atlantic before. But he had, he had an incredible uh, experience. He had a marlin strike. Um, oh my God, really? So there were four teams this year that had marlin strikes. And the marlin, the beak, so a marlin, for those that may not know, mm. uh, a marlin's basically like a swordfish, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's very, um, yeah, exactly. And it's got this huge old sort of spear on, you know, on the front of it. And uh, th yeah, these spears were going straight through boats into cabins. No. Yeah, man. And is that, that going to sink you? Uh, they're taken on water. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Ant had to, I think it took him, I think it took him 12 hours to patch, to fix. And of course, you've got to remember like the state that you're in and where you are. It's like, okay, so if it takes you 12 hours to like fix, it's not like fixing your car at the side of the road. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, well, I've got a hole in my boat. I'm taking on water. I've got to patch it. I'm exhausted. I mean, you know, the sea's moving around obviously the whole time. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, you know, because of initially the fit, you know, it went in and then the fish is then thrashing around a lot. So there's a, it's just a huge mess. And is the fish doing that on purpose or is it, it's just moving through the ocean and you happen to be in its way? So I think what they were saying is there's a few different reasons to why it happened. I think they would, the tuna would sometimes hide in the shadow of the boat 
and then the Marlin would go for the tune-up, miss, hit the boat. Hit the boat. Um, and But the reason why there were so many strikes this time around, and again, I, this is just a theory. I don't know if this is true, but some people were saying that, that there were no cruise ships this year because of COVID, and usually a lot of food gets thrown overboard of that. But now there isn't that. They're doing a lot more hunting and, and stuff like that. And so they're, I don't know if that's true, but it's a thought. I mean, no one's considering that when we think about lockdowns and COVID. Yeah, the right. Poor Marlins. Marlin. Yeah, yeah. Put that in a government statistic. Yeah. Four <laughs> times as many Marlin strikes as usual <laughs> on ocean rowing boats. I can't wait for Boris to get hold of that. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so. that's that. See, that that is being narrow-minded or small-minded or just terrified that's what i would worry about is, oh is, no, that's legit is yeah. the, the animals striking back yeah well because so when i first heard there was one strike i was like wow that's crazy because i don't think i think there was one strike like eight years ago there haven't been any since i don't think there have been any since and i was like wow, that's four nuts. in one year and then i kept hearing there was another one another one and i'm sitting in my cabin and i'm like oh. Like, like, like <laughs> is how's it this, coming? How's this gonna like? Where am I? And I'm quite tall. I take up the cabin's not big. I take up quite a lot of space in the cabin. And I was like, oh. and if it goes, look, I mean, if that hits you, that's forget about it. See you later. Yeah. And were there any? W- were sharks interested in you? I didn't. I didn't see any sharks. Good. Although it doesn't mean they weren't there. Yeah, yeah. Um, sh- yeah. Sharks is a funny one. Like. You're very unlikely to see one, I think, out there. But there have been cases, some of the other rowers saw them, there have been cases of sharks stalking boats for a few days. Really? They're just trying to figure out what you are. Is that because sharks kind of go more towards warmer waters? or? No, no, you get them there. Oh, okay. um, the, especially the sort of larger oceanic ones. Um, but they, they're very cautious, sharks. I think a lot of people don't quite know that. Like, sh- mm. The reason why sharks circle you, I think, is because they're trying to figure out what you are. And if you're food or not, because you're a bit different, we don't really see you. Are you like a meal or not? Yeah. Um, so they'll they'll stalk your uh, they'll stalk your boat maybe for a couple of days, but definitely because I had to jump in the water every few days to clean the bottom of the boat, scrub the bottom of the boat because stuff will grow on it and that'll slow you down. Wow. But when you're in there, <laughs> you're like, yeah. I mean, I was looking around. Like, is it like, like um, uh, you know, when you're a kid or even still now? And you go up the stairs at night and you've turned all the lights off downstairs and you like you walk up the stairs a bit quicker just in case the monsters get you. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, so there was something called a uh, something called a para anchor. And in um, basically if you have a headwind, it stops it's like a sea anchor. It stops you getting pushed push backwards too far. Okay. Um, but one of the lines got caught around my rudder and it's three in the morning. And I did everything I could to not get in the water. But I'm staring at the water. And I, in the end, I literally just went, if it'll eat you at night, it'll eat you in the day. It's the same thing. Good logic. You just gotta you just gotta go do it. But I've never moved so fast. Mm. And there was probably nothing there. But are there you, might have been. I mean, are you so what you're tethering yourself to the boat, I'm yeah. guessing. Yeah. Wetsuit or just No, just just board shorts. That's Or no, no, not even that. Sorry, what am I talking about? No, naked. Just na- how how cold is that? It's actually really nice. It's really refreshing. Oh, what? Because you're so hot from yeah. the beating sun. Yeah. Honestly, sometimes. So the first couple of times jumping in is like kind of creepy, mm-hmm. but then uh, after that, you're like, when it was just absolutely savagely hot, I was just like, I'm going, I'm going for a swim because I'm, I'm so Because you need that. Wow. I'm just, I'm baking. Like that feeling, like when you sunbathe next to a pool, and you're like, I need to jump in there. Same, same sort of thing. But yeah, in a vast ocean full of monsters and octopus. Yeah, it's, the water's five kilometers deep. 
and you're looking down there. But it's amazing, to be honest. When you get used to it, it is amazing. It is absolutely stunning when you look down there. And just the space of it all is just is really cool. Initially, yeah, it's a bit scary and a bit daunting. But then you get used to it and you get used to your environment. You, you know, it is it is amazing what you get used to. It's haunting. <laughs> I can't, I bet, but again, to look back on it must be incredible. How many people are going to yeah. be able to, to say I get, that? I get really nostalgic about it. And I miss Already? it. I miss it a lot. Yeah, because it's such a simple life. It's like, what do you do? Well, I row, I eat, and I don't sleep very much. And, I and that's pretty much it. Like, there's not really much more to it than that. Like, yeah, okay. There's some technical stuff around, like, courses and yeah, that yeah. and the water maker. That navigation and... Yeah, but, but even then, the navigation's pretty straightforward. You're going west. Okay. Uh, and when you get closer to Antigua, you need to be a little more... Um, precise. Precise. But initially, it's like, as long as you're going west... You're doing the right uh, thing. You're doing fine. Wow. So... So yeah, so it's a very simple life and you get very, very used to that. And so, yeah, it, it's, it's, it becomes just the daily grind and you forget that you're doing this big epic thing and you, you just normalize it. And it's like, this is, you know, it's like, okay, so I do, I do this shift, I do this, you know, you just... It Short-term goals, just yeah. get to that, get to that. Well, yeah, you don't look at it, you don't look at it as, a, as like a 3,000 mile crossing. Ultimate, ultimately, the row is not about rowing 3,000 miles. If you wanted to row 3,000 miles, you could hop on a rowing machine and do that until your brains fall out. <laughs> like, you could do that. It's about everything you overcome while you're out there. Mm -hmm. That's really what it's about. And you get used to it. And so when you come around the corner into the harbor when you finish, it's just mad. Because everyone's there, they're all cheering and super yacht, like, mm -hmm. klaxons and horns are going off. And it's so over... It's just a complete sensory overload. Overload. And you're just, what the hell is this? Like, yeah. And you forget that doing this thing that's You're like a the, yeah like a celebrated athlete kind of crossing the finish line yeah that's yeah. very cool it's it that's kind of what it feels like it really feels like that um which is very cool did covid uh -huh. change anything for you like I, this sounds like so minor <laughs> before you set off i remember there was a little compilation clip of them checking everything in your boat yeah um and stuff and i know i think you had a mask on in it yeah um was it just things like that, or were there extra? So you had to, I mean, the race, the, the race organizers jumped through a lot of hoops to make this thing sort of COVID secure. So we all had to get... Did it happen last year? Oh, yeah, last year it would have been before COVID, right? Because um, it would have been like November, December 2019. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. So it wasn't cancelled at any stage? It wasn't cancelled at any stage. They, it was a bit touch and go, I think, at one point. But it wasn't cancelled at any stage. And, you know, they, they worked very hard to make sure this thing was going to go ahead. Uh, while we're out there at the start line, yeah, so the, the rules in Lagomero is we had to wear masks everywhere in public spaces, just literally everywhere. Outdoors, indoors. Outdoors, indoors, everywhere. Um, and then we all had to be tested 48 hours before we set off. Because mm -hmm. you can imagine two weeks in you're like oh I'm feeling a bit fluish <laughs> like, it's like oh that's it's like oh no this is bad <laughs> like, um, so uh, so yeah so we all got tested everyone was fine um, and yeah there were just some extra I guess restrictions around you know who was allowed on the pontoon who was doing X Y and Z um, a lot of that I think in my opinion was just to kind of you know it was just almost the appearance of of 
making it sort of yeah like secure because a lot of stuff to do the right thing yeah because a lot of the stuff was like this doesn't make any sense but it was like no we play ball for the for the local authorities and that yeah um, which is fine um, but then when you're out there it's you know I forgot about it I forgot about COVID can you imagine that congratulations man thank you thanks mate <laughs> what about when you landed in Antigua oh, it's funny when they like when you so when you land in Antigua um, so the, the boat you know gets moored up and the first thing they do is hand you a mask I just remember looking at them and going like okay this is still a thing then. <laughs> like, so, yeah. is that deflating like I'm yes just, I'm here oh. I'm, I'm just glad it wasn't like 28 days later I'm just glad like, I turn up you and it's not just like standard. ruins and like bodies everywhere yeah, like, yeah. like going okay so at least society still exists on some level and that's for that long were you getting news updates no so you but kind of I, had a lot I, to ingest when you landed <laughs> yeah like uh, an an extra lockdown here. Yeah. Um, so when I so I I got off the boat and I went and had some lunch with my with my folks uh, who are out there and my brother who are out there as as my sort of support crew mm. and uh, yeah basically I my brother was filling me in on everything I'd missed out on and there's a photo I think I put it on my Instagram and there's a photo of this just look of like disbelief on my face it was like how what. There was like the, the U.S. Capitol building got oh, like, like stormed, and like everything that was going on here in the U.K. and like just everything was just like okay, all right. So I guess a few things have happened. You've got to since, take that in since I've been gone. Um, wow, man. So yeah, but it's funny, like the stuff you yeah, the stuff you kind of, but it does, but it's you could have asked, for, I could have asked for news updates while I was at sea, but it just it wasn't important, it wasn't relevant, it, it didn't really have any bearing on my my day-to-day life yeah. so you just don't really care about it yeah what are you going to do with that information right now, like, oh cool gyms are shut again yeah right <laughs> keep, keep going <laughs> like, wouldn't matter like couldn't, couldn't train anyway at the moment because my yeah, hands yeah. are still so like a bit messed up so really uh, yeah you're, you um basically just from gripping on the oars like all day like the tendons in my hands just became incredibly stiff uh, and I don't think I could really do anything at the moment. In the, in the gym. It, what What are the ramifications on your body? Like, because is that it? It's pretty. It's pretty good actually. I mean, right. you lost a lot of weight. Like, I trimmed lost, down a lot. Yeah, yeah, I lost. So, so there was someone that was doing a. Um, uh, one of the staff is doing a PhD, in, and I, I think it's something to do with the body composition of endurance athletes. Mm-hmm. And she took some measurements uh, before and after the crossing. Uh, and then she also took blood and we did like urine samples while at sea which is always quite interesting to do in a swell yeah, yeah, um, yeah. but anyway so she so so I weighed I think 102 103 kilos before the crossing I had a body fat percentage of 15% and there were some other measurements which I can't quite remember BMI was like 28 or something like that and then when we finished did those measurements again I weighed 86 kilos okay which is less. And I actually looked down at the scales and was like, these are broken. Like, this is not possible. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I, I don't, I weigh more than that. Uh, what are you, 6'2"? Six 6'4". Six 6'4", four. Six four, okay. So, it's less. Yeah, it's less. And my body fat percentage had gone from 15 to 4%. 4% body fat? 4% body fat. Like step on stage bodybuilder level? Yeah, kind of. But, but with a touch of like the, you know, castaway look about me. Nice, yeah. Um, but still with the tan, um, <laughs> so yeah, that was that was less. I'd lost four inches off my waist, um, 
and she also did an ultrasound of, our, of my calf muscle again before and after yeah i'd lost about an inch and a half off my, of my calf muscle not that i had much to lose there anyway because yeah, yeah. you know it's genetics yeah. yeah it's genetics it's not my fault <laughs> <laughs> so, wow so, so you were just atrophied yeah yeah so you're, you're so you don't you're not using your calves because you're not walking ever because yeah. the boat you know the boat's eight meters long and because of the swell you're only really sort of crawling like up and down the boat yeah and it's not like rowing on a concept two right where you've got leg drive and stuff is you still have, so you have leg drive absolutely oh, okay. yeah so it's still so actually the, the the boats are designed the rowing motion is designed to be very similar to the concept two in fact i think the boats use c2 foot plates uh, oh wow okay yeah which is kind of cool so you still have a sliding seat uh oh, okay i thought you were in like a fixed seat no 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 so there's still still very much leg drive um but yeah you're just not really using your calf muscles at all so so yeah that was quite that's quite a big one and anyway so she's taken uh she still has to do the the blood and urine analysis and that's basically to just to see how much energy you are burning and it must be quite a lot because I doubled up on my snacks in the last few weeks <laughs> and I was putting away like 8,000 calories a day. And, and, still, and like, I'm still like just tanking, just like, just weights just dropping off me, man. So, I yeah. wonder what your expenditure was every day. I wonder how, like what you're burning. I'm, I, it's going to be a really interesting study. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be fascinating. But I think a lot of that is just because of like, you know, it's just the constant underlying stress. Yeah, I mean, yeah, okay, you're rowing. You you're don't rowing. rest easy. Right. Like you're rowing 14, 16 hours a day, sure. But I mean, you know, so you know, recovery is a huge part of training, mm -hmm. right? Uh, the most underused part of training, some would say. Yeah, yeah. And they, but there is no recovery out there, so you're never, you know, you're in this constant sort of, de you know, decline as, yeah. as you're out there. You start off fit and healthy, and yeah, you end more or less fit and healthy. But but at the same time, you haven't really been properly resting and recovering. Uh -huh. Um, for the whole time you're out there. Yeah, like, I i don't know if you've ever seen one, I wear a whoop strap. Yeah. Like, Fitbit and stuff, you know. But whoops all... I like it because it doesn't do anything. So I never, like, look for the time or anything, right? You just put it on and leave it on forever. And every day, whoops, like, telling you about your sleep. And we're like... You know, one day last week, it told me off because I needed 7 hours 16 minutes and I only got 7 hours 4. How dare you? And I know, and you're getting, like, <laughs> 3 hours. Yeah. And um, I'm willing to bet if they tracked it, you weren't in deep sleep. No, probably not. You were just, you know, ticking over. Well, you wouldn't, often I wouldn't sleep for that consistent three hours. You'd wake up halfway through because, I don't know, something had happened. Yeah. Um, you get hit by a big wave or something that would wake you up or, or whatever. But it became quite difficult because, so my, my, my morning routine, I'd, I'd wake up at like four. Mm -hmm. I'd try and smash down some calories. I had this, uh, it's called, uh, it was resilient nutrition. It do this like high energy, uh, nut butter and the one in the morning was chocolate caffeine as well hmm. and initially it's like 100 grams five six hundred calories something like that wow nice uh and smash down one of those and then get out on the oars right by the end i was having two of those <laughs> uh in the morning so like 1200 calories before i've even started double the amount of caffeine hmm. um and i was still like falling asleep while i was getting dressed to like no. and i say getting dressed i mean putting my shorts on oh. like so yeah, it, it really does. Yeah, there's just no coming back from it. So. And is is there? Do you think the work you put is some like obvious? Like, of course, to some degree. But how important do you think the work you put in in the gym was before going? I think I, I definitely helped. Absolutely. I mean, the, 
yes, the row is more of a mental challenge than a physical one. But fundamentally, you are still rowing, mm-hmm. like, you know, 14, 16 hours a day. That's still a very physical thing. Yeah. Um, it, it absolutely helped, but it helped for a few different reasons. One, I think it made me a lot more injury resistant. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is a huge thing. So as well as all the lifting and stuff that I was doing, um, those, you know, I was doing yoga and other things like that. Just Because if you have an injury out there, you're never going to recover. It will only get worse. Yes. Yeah. So that was a big worry of mine. Um, being stronger as well definitely helped because ultimately the stronger you are, the more water you can displace with the oars, mm-hmm. the faster the boat will go. And, and the end result of that is that, look, if you go, I don't know, 0.1 of a meter further with every stroke, well, add that to a million strokes. <laughs> So it may, it, it'll, it'll make a difference. But the other thing that really helped for me, especially being a solo rower, is that I knew that the shift pattern was going to be quite punishing. And that if I woke up one morning and I didn't want to get in the oars, there was mm. no one there. To, I could just spend longer in bed. I yeah. could have slept longer. Uh, there was no one stopping me. So I think the thing that actually helped was getting up, getting up in the morning and getting to the gym for like half five every morning. And doing that for the last sort of year and a half, yeah. And it just sort of wired in that routine of like just getting up, that sort of get up and go mentality, mm. uh, and that definitely made it a lot easier. Um, to that makes a lot of sense. Conditioning you to, to yeah. hardship. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, yeah, it would probably be better for me if I like slept a bit longer for training wise mm-hmm. in the gym. If I slept a bit longer and did this and did that, but for my goals, I think it actually really helped that I was able to just sort of you know wake up drag myself to the gym stare at a deadlift bar on a platform be like i don't want to do this <laughs> and then and then just get used to that um because yeah like i say at sea there's it did make things a bit easier i think i, th- I think it's fascinating that that yeah like conditioning yourself to hardship kind of a, like wanting like you sort out yeah not just discomfort but such an epic level of challenge and I heard someone the other day talk about, they're talking about professional athletes and how, not arrogant they are, but how at some point in their life, they were the kid telling everyone they were going to make it. And how for every kid telling everyone they're going to make it that makes it, there's a thousand yeah. that's just the arrogant prick <laughs> is ultimately wrong. You know? yeah, 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 Telling yeah. everyone, you wait and see what I do. Yeah. You know, but, um, and for, yeah, for it, like, there was a point when you were that kid. Like, I was oh yeah, that, I'm going to do it. I was the arrogant kid. Yeah. yeah. But you yeah. have done it. You've sought out that level of discomfort. You've, you've kind of persisted where everyone else would have dropped off. You've I, think, I think for a lot of people, I, th- I think, and it, this isn't just about the row. I think if you look at, you know, you look at a big project or something like this, and, and that can be quite overwhelming and mm. quite daunting. And it is quite daunting, but you just break it down into manageable pieces, and manageable mm. bits, and you're like, so on the row, for example, like I say, it's okay. So forget this like one 3000 mile row, look at it day to day, shift to shift, you know, um, break it down into much more manageable chunks yeah. and just do a bit. Just if you're really having a rough day and you don't like it and you don't want to be there and whatever, that's fine. That happens to everyone. Just do a little bit. And that's really how you're going to get to Antigua. Um, you just do a little bit every day. There's a succession of just little bits. Mm. Uh, and it's that constant, that sort of, uh, yeah, just that, that constant little effort that'll, that'll get you there. You might have like one fantastic day where you absolutely cane it and you just crush it. It's like brilliant. But you need to have a few of them <laughs> like in order, in order yes, to get there. Together. Um, so have you ever seen the Ricky Gervais show Afterlife? 
No. On Netflix. It's really, really good. Oh, maybe actually. Classic Ricky Gervais, you know, like, yeah. makes you want to cry and laugh at the same time. Yeah, yeah, vibe, yeah. Right? And there's a therapist in it. And I think it's in season two. This guy's telling him all his woes. And he's like, I'm really worried about her. And he's like, just don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, I didn't I think of that. Yeah, right? Um, so much easier. But that is, that, that is a very simple strategy. Just yeah. do a little bit. Try not to worry about... Try not to worry about the big, the big stuff. All the, I mean, yeah, okay, you need to look at the big picture every now and again, sure. But, but just do a bit. And then the next day, just do a bit more. And mm. just do a bit more. And if you do, you do that for long enough, you get to go home. And what were the, like... What were the things that really detract from it? Is it the, you know, kind of prior knowledge and stuff? You were using a bucket for a toilet. You know, is it things like that that drag you down? Or is that just a, a comical um, part? Or No, that's just kind of a comical part. Yeah. Yeah, especially when there's like, you know, it's quite big seas. You have to hold on. <laughs> <laughs> you're, like, you're like, this is not going all over the deck. And, I then, am not. and then you're just pouring it into the ocean. Yeah. Feeding yeah. the marlins. Yeah, exactly. Or keeping them away. I don't know. Don't know how they feel. Maybe that's that. why you weren't attacked. Oh, maybe. The the regularity of your bows, you know. <laughs> count, my, you, count myself lucky. Kept you I safe. should sell that stuff then to other teams. Yeah, um, man. Yeah. So that was. So that was. I think. I think one of the harder times that sort of detracted from it a bit was when I. So I just scrubbed the bo- the bottom of the boat, and I climbed back on deck. And I'd, I'd slipped and I fell on a rowing gate um, on my ribs. Like the ribs Ooh. took the full like brunt of it on the rowing gate. And I thought I'd cracked a rib. Um, and I sort of sat there and felt a bit sorry for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sort of was like, okay, well, you're going to have to keep going. <laughs> you just, you what are you going to do with a cracked rib? Yeah. You can't do anything about that. Uh, so... The race, the race doctor was. I didn't, I didn't phone him up, but someone else did when they when they got a bit injured. And the the long and the short of it was was basically that if the bone's not sticking out, I'm not interested. Nice. <laughs> so my so kind of doctor, like, yeah, right. That's kind. Of, wish all doctors were like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was like, okay, so you're just gonna have to you're just gonna have to deal with it. But but things like that, you know, definitely make your life out a little bit a little bit harder. Hmm. I have one disappointment with your journey. Okay, I really like. Ross Edgley. Yeah. Um, Same. He's awesome. Yeah, right. I mean, there's some things about him, sorry Ross, that I'm not a fan of. Okay. Um, like he calls everyone like Brobarians and stuff and like Broski and Bro and stuff. Yeah, he's like is, that. yeah. Like he's, I'm like, okay, you're like a thirty five year old man. <laughs> um, or, or so on. Um I think like he's just insane, right? The yeah, stuff he, he does and like yeah. I mean, the way he looks, his body type, you know, doesn't look like someone that should be able to achieve these things well I, I sort of I, there was part of his training for his round Britain row that mm-hmm. I sort of took for the, for the oh Atlantic the swim row. sorry his round Britain swim yeah right? yeah um, in the sense that if he's just much bigger he's just that has that ability to just keep plodding on yeah yeah um, yeah and that was something I sort of tried to sort of incorporate a little bit to my to I, I was sad for you that he's like one of their one of the the Atlantic challenges representatives right yeah. and every year he goes to the finish line yeah. and meets everyone yeah. and your bloody is the one year that COVID hits and he can't go and last I was at the start line for last year's race and I missed him by a day no I was like the next day the day after I left he turned up I was like because I think he's awesome because of he's so like, like I, he's got I don't know if he's got his PhD or a master's but did one of them yeah. at Loughborough I think he's got a PhD yeah PhD I think. PhD yeah. worked in their sports science department incredibly knowledgeable and is actually applying it 
Um, yeah, he, he always like references the literature and stuff. He exactly. has an actual like scientific, despite how often he says bro, he actually is quite scientific yeah. in his approach. He is. What does he call himself? The, the, the something athlete, like the knowledgeable athlete, the... Um, it's like a quote from Plato, or oh like uh, yeah, I know, what you, uh, yeah, I know what you mean because he quote he quotes Plato quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like be the the knowledgeable athlete, or be the, it's something basically about having both sides to you. Yeah, um, the cultured, the cultured warrior, or something, something or? like that. The cult, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, and his whole thing about you know like a if you send the brave people, if you keep the brave people back, and yeah. I think it's amazing. Yeah. But I wanted you to meet him and bring him here. I will, yeah. Ross, if you're watching, mate. Yeah, come on down. <laughs> come on down. Come on down. I've um, never met you before, but I like you. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, I would love to meet him. and like. Same. I've listened to so much of his stuff about strength deficits and stuff and how the mind is so crucial in recruiting more muscle fibers to achieve more. And I think it's amazing. He's just, a, and he's just, he's just such a genuinely nice guy as well. Mm. He's yeah. just cool. But I'm aware that my, my fudging of many of his quotes just now would make him not think that I'm a fan of him. Or he will come down and correct the record. Oh, yes. That could happen. Start like using the wrong Start name. Start using... Like yeah, Ross, right. Ross Ogley, that guy, you know. Oh, I think he's amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was like, oh, that element. Like, come oh, on, Rob, been, damn That would have been so cool. Delay a year. I know, I know. Delay We're owed that. I feel like I'm owed that. You're owed a visit from Ross? Yeah. He could come here, he could train. He could definitely could train. We could train together. Yeah, um, I could like just fangirl. I, I mean, I'd be fangirling too. Oh my god, Ross! Oh my god, Ross! I'm not gonna lift anything because I just embarrass myself. I feel like Ross. I'm just such a huge fan of like the candid moments when your girlfriend catches you making protein pancakes and you're tensing every muscle. He's <laughs> <laughs> not gonna come down now. Come on, Ross! <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk to you about many things, but yeah, also, a lot. but also your abs. But uh, no, he's he seems to be quite a big fan of ocean rowing, though. I think. I, I don't know if this is true, but someone was like, "Yeah, he's all he, like." Before he did his swim, he didn't. He never really heard about it, and then he contacted someone in the ocean rowing community. I think before he did his swim, that he was going to be like, "Oh yeah, I'll swim, you row, I'll rest on the boat," <laughs> and the guy was like, eh, "It's not really going to work." Um, but yeah, he seems to be he seems to be a pretty big fan of of ocean rowing and that. So yeah, he's done some cool challenges, he, man. Yeah, man. He's just he's just a machine as well. It's like, yeah, I'm going to like, you know, run a marathon with a tree strapped to my back or mm -hmm. whatever it was. Or was it a, pulling a car. So it was a marathon pulling a car. Marathon pulling a car. I think I, I think he did a triathlon with a um, tree a tree on his yeah. back. Yeah, that was it. And um, then he did some swim between two islands. between two islands towing a tree. And he didn't make it. And he didn't make it, so he swam back. <laughs> like, <laughs> I had his podcast. He was on the... He was on the... Joe Rogan? Joe Rogan podcast. And I had that going... Um, while I was rowing, and I was going like, yeah, I can't complain about anything. <laughs> the stuff that he, you know, the stuff, the stories of him going around the UK when he's got like a jellyfish like wrapped around his face, and like, I'm like, yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> I'm sure he says in that podcast that he did the around Great Britain swim because he was on like a, a marine base or something like yeah. that, and someone was like, why don't you? Well, he was, yeah. So he was doing the, he was down at the commando training center. Uh, and he was training for like the longest like 48 hour or sorry the longest like current neutral swim I think and a mate of his in the marines just kind of went sounds a bit shit doesn't it <laughs> <laughs> and he kind of went and he kind of went oh okay and his mate just goes why don't you just man up and swim around the UK and so he did it's like if ever there's a reason to do anything 
Just because you've been dared by Because you've been dared by a Marine. You're not going to yeah, say fair. no to a Marine, are you? You don't say no. You don't say no to those guys. No, man. Um, that's awesome. And now, so now you're back. You're dealing with... Almost the only thing I can relate it to is um, when university ends. Yeah. Can you finish university and you like... You head home and you're like, oh. Yeah, it's back to reality. That's over. So yeah. what is back to reality now? Is it... It's is it find a job? Yeah, it's very much find a job. Mm-hmm. Back to find a job in a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, so if anyone's watching this and would like to hire me, here I am. I think, uh, but that's, you've got something on your CV, man. I'm hoping so. Like, yeah. it, it's a hell of a come down though. It's weird. Like I did not, yeah, to be honest, it was quite difficult coming back. Yeah. Because you've, you've gone and done this amazing thing and you've, you know, you've been out there and, you know, you come in, super yachts all going off and everything like that and then and also for me it's something i've wanted to do for 12 years now and so you know life goal achieved and it's what like what now what now it's like don't have a job don't have a goal so what now so it's quite it's difficult it's, and you had to quarantine when you came back yeah so you're trapped in a house yeah <laughs> trapped in a house as well the most time i spent indoors in three months and i'm looking outside and it's it's actually really sunny the last few days but when i initially got back it was like gray and raining <laughs> yeah I was like, man, this sucks. <laughs> like, get me out of here. The only advice I have is, is, yeah, find that new goal. Find, you know, not that it compares, but open a gym, and people are like, oh wow, you must, you must revel in it, right? You must sit there and be like, oh wow, I, not once, every time. And I'm not saying I'm not capable of it, but I always need the next yeah, thing. Right. There's always yeah, because you're. You know, you're probably, I mean, you should be. This place is great. Like, you should be proud of what you've achieved, but you also want, like, you want to keep going. Yeah, you know? who, you who achieved anything with that mindset, you know? Yeah, right, exactly. And so there is definitely that level of, like, you know, I'd, I'd like to do the Pacific. Yeah. I'm looking at that. Initially, like, the day, so the day that I arrived, someone asked me in the hotel, they're like, would you do it again? I was like, no, I'm not putting myself through that again. That's horrific. Mm-hmm. Um, but subsequently, I'm sort of like, yeah. Pacific would be fun. Uh, you know they say that about childbirth? Yeah. That, that, that women, gen- genuinely, I heard yeah. this after yeah. the birth of my son, that women are almost programmed to forget about how hard birth was. Because if they remembered how hard birth was, they'd never have another baby. So like, oh, as time goes on, as time goes on, you remember the, the, the amazing moment of the child being there and all, and so this you is- have another. So you kind of... Uh, I kind of remember the amazing sunsets and the surfing down waves and not the crying down the phone to the safety officer for literally no reason. No, just just to cry. Literally. There was just... I was just like... He was just like, how's it going? I was like, oh, I'm fine. I'm good. Everything's fine. I don't know why I'm crying. It's cathartic. Yeah, right. Yeah. And he was like, it's all good. It's all good. But he probably, he's probably got 30 people doing that every day. Yeah, yeah probably. Almost certainly. So the Pacific is next. Is that an organized thing like the Atlantic was? Uh, it could be. There is a race that, that does the Pacific. Nice. Um, so uh, we'll see. But that's, look, I mean. You've got to raise a whole load more money. There's a whole load more money and that's not going to be for several years. Because yeah. that's, again, that's another two-year project and, and so on. So initially it'd be quite nice to do some stuff that doesn't require two years of planning. Um, Interesting. So, stuff that you could even do in holiday from a job. Please hire me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so. But you need. A, are you going to stay up near Windsor? Are you going to come back down here? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'd like to come back down here. Hmm. I, I genuinely miss like training here and stuff. It's, ah. It is. It is. Training up at commercial gym in Windsor is just. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's really not the same. 
That's um, why we exist. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, and it generally makes me just happy every time I'm able to come train. <laughs> just like, it's part of the reason why I come home as often as I do. Yeah. Back to see the dogs. Um, Fair. But, uh, yeah, so we'll see. It just so you need a job and a goal. Job a job and a fitness goal. And yeah. That's something you can achieve. Well, there's, there may be a few other expeditions I have in the in the running. Really? I can't really Fair. mention them yet. More land-based ones? Uh, potentially. Interesting. Potentially. Some, perhaps some rowing, some desert, some ice and snow. Awesome, man. So I'm talking to Ben uh, about sort of like, let's just let's just get me like fit for expeds and stuff. And Badass, man. Yeah. If so. you climb Everest, don't do what Ant Middleton did. Did you see that Channel 4 show when he no, climbed Everest? No, I didn't. He climbed Everest with a crew. Um, you know, talking about how kind of he, how hard it was in their base camp, advanced base camp, all that. Yeah. When he got to the top, he wanted to be the last person on the summit. For like, he wanted to be that that at that moment he was the highest. He was the person who was the highest in the entire world. Right. No one was higher than him. Yeah. So he waited for everyone to go, but then when you come down Everest, it's essentially a bottleneck, and you end up in a huge queue. Sure. And he ended up at the back of a queue and he almost died. <laughs> oh, God. No, 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 no. Uh, and no, in the documentary, no, no. he talks about that, that. Oh, I remember. Yeah, I remember hearing about this, actually, about him talk about. His ego like that, actually. kind of, kind of led him there. Getting in the way a bit. Mm. Yeah, Everest is a funny one because it's like, I don't know if I'd ever do. Ever. Well, the thing is, I'm, I'm a water baby, really. Yeah, so for sure. Rowing, diving, all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, um, Everest is like 60 grand to climb as well. It's crazy. Really? Yeah, the, the park fees are insane. Because it's so popular and they need to really like control mm -hmm. people doing it. Because you've seen, I'm sure everyone's seen the pictures of like the motorways basically going yeah, up yeah. to the summit and things. So that's that's kind of crazy. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see We'll see what else is what else is in the in the running. But I definitely like to you know do do more of more of this sort of stuff and then and then of course i get in the middle of the expedition i'm like why the hell am i doing this why why I, I just get like a desk job somewhere yeah <laughs> like, well and that's probably where we should finish is is please hire rob pretty please if you have a job like yes any job i'm open interesting we'll see see what comes my way yeah fair enough yeah i reckon that though like that on your cv you know um it's almost remember I'm, you're at school and they're like do duke of edinburgh employees really look for yeah them. right we don't <laughs> but, but your thing yeah. that would stand out I'm, I'm great at uh, repetitive tasks yep. and uh, I have a very high capacity for boredom perfect what more do you want you're, you're kitted out for 99% <laughs> yeah, right. of jobs like <laughs> but working on the checkout <laughs> you, nah you're qualified for more than that but like I think um, so I've got a friend who did his PhD yep. he never actually finished his PhD he did the four years funded at university doing all this uh, lecturing to pay for it and all of this he never finished his thesis. He got pretty far through it. But yeah. He got a job. That's cool. He got a job, a high like in a hedge fund, because he was a PhD student, and that, all they cared about was that, that was he enough. was capable of that. Yeah. He's never finished his thesis. He was like, I might one day. There's no time limit on it. So your thing is like, uh, it's almost like that. You've got this huge thing, an employer is looking for the caliber of the man, almost, right? Yeah. I hope. I hope. And you've got this caliber. Yeah, but, then, but then they're going to meet me and they're going to be like, oh, he's basically a tool. <laughs> <laughs> You'll like, be less shredded. He's like, is this, is this the same guy? I don't think so. I'm not buying it. Yeah, he was jacked. <laughs> you look like you eat seven breakfasts. Four breakfasts, two lunches, one three-course dinner. That was, day, that was day two after I got back. Middle class problems, man. Definitely.
definitely middle class problems so and actually yeah your like instagram content when you landed that looked like the dream holiday it it was i mean talk about a place to finish man oh. english harbour nelson stockyard in antigua is just like it's insane it's a paradise and it's like, I've never been anywhere where I felt like, where I genuinely felt like I actually earned this. Yeah. Like, I was like, this is, this is cool. This is, I can, I can it, it looked amazing, man. But it's actually quite, it's actually quite difficult because the day after you finish, all you really want to do is kind of stop and chill out by the mm. pool. But actually, you've got quite a lot of commitments. And so everyone is like, I mean, it's, it's fantastic that everyone wants to talk to you. And it's awesome that like everyone's really interested uh, in in what you've done and it's really supportive um but there's a lot of interviews to do and i'm just like oh, i kind of want to just eat some pizza and get in the pool fresh water like yeah. like just not salt water basically and yeah so that whole that whole day afterwards you're just like rushing around off your feet and like and i still couldn't walk properly by then oh. so i was just like stumbling around the place like talk to like talking to people i mean it was great but at the same time i was like oh, could i just like sit down for five minutes and yeah. chill out but fair, uh, fair enough, man. No, yeah, but yeah, the holiday looked insane. Yeah, the holiday was insane. And like the guys that you were going around with. Um, so, the, so the guys I was so that was Gareth. There was the guy I was chatting to. On oh, Atlantic phone, Dragon. Atlantic Dragon, and then we were hanging out uh, quite quite a lot cool, in in Antigua, which is which is really really cool. Because mm. um, it was nice to talk to someone who kind of who kind who'd been through the same sort of thing. Who understood? Yeah. Who understood? You weren't there, man. <laughs> 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 like going to an AA meeting. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, yeah, and then basically us just going around Antigua and being like, like just trying to blag loads of free stuff. Antigua is expensive, and we're just like going like, yeah, but we like Road Notion. Can you like? <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, we're just being dicks about Fair it. Fair enough. To be like, I've, do you know who Jordan Burroughs is? Maybe he's an American wrestler, like Olympic wrestler. Yeah. Um, Lots of talk of him transitioning over to MMA, like UFC and stuff. Oh, cool. But I think he he might not. He's on Joe Rogan a couple of times. That's cool. That's where I heard this story. He won gold at London 2012. Left, went to, did all his promo stuff. And then, like, the only place that was open after they went to a nightclub or whatever was McDonald's. And it had a huge queue. I actually think I've been to the McDonald's he was talking about as well. That's, that's in a London. fame. And, uh, yeah, me and Jordan. <laughs> um, and he said he was at the back of this enormous queue. And he was like, oh, man, I just want an Olympic gold medal. He's like, I've got it on me. And he basically like just got to the front of the queue <laughs> by being like, hey, man, I just, I just want gold. Can I, can I have a quarter pounder before you? That's essentially what you were doing. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. Just wanted, just, yeah, I wanted to chill out a bit. Fair enough, man. Get, I, get I once some got some free cookies black, in black a bakery in Farnham because I, I was in Athlete Movement stuff. I feel kind of, like, kind of a dick about it. I got bumped up on the plane. Uh, yes on the plane on the way back did you get to turn left no no because they shut down the. there was no one in the first class cabin son of a but bitch. I got bumped up to business take like, it I'll take that I mean I, wore, I felt like kind of a douche for wearing this t-shirt through the airport it's like everyone look at me look at what I've done but I'm like no I'm gonna get that I'm upgrade getting it. and I, it's like the only time I've ever been upgraded and it was awesome you deserve that I, well yeah sure why not after 53 days no what was it 53 days 2 hours 20 minutes uh, 3 hours 20 minutes 3 hours 20 minutes pathetic I know right you deserve that 2 hours 20 minutes would have been great 3 hours 20 minutes awesome man well thanks for coming on no thanks for having me man. Uh, great to chat who knows whether this will be the first thing we release or the second I'm quite impatient great mystery so even though it goes against the running order that I had in my plan it'll probably be number one yes because I'm impatient that's cool hence by these headsets I ordered 4 
one of them didn't work. So I've got to return it. And I was like, cool, man. Like, this goes to Germany. I was like, if you can send me a new pair with postage for the old one, yeah. I'll post it back. And they were like, nah, you have to send it back and then we'll send you a new one. So I just ordered a new one. And I was like, I'll send this one back. And eventually the money will work out. That, yeah, that'll work. But I'm, I'm the same way. I'm really, it's like, no, I, I, why? Why does it have to work that way? I want it now. Mm. Uh, all I say is don't own a business. This mentality is not the way forward. <laughs> Last week. It's I, worked out all right for you so far. So far, but like edge of the seat. Do you ever feel like you have an innate ability without knowing when to stop to know when to stop? Like I've before been like, sometimes I'm like, buy it. And, uh, and yeah. sometimes I know not to. And it's, I don't check the budget. Last week, I moved some dumbbell storage so that the dumbbells wouldn't be on the floor anymore. And it left us without storage for our kettlebells and stuff. And I was like, cool, I want low-level storage. You wouldn't believe the price of storage. Yeah, I it's, was like, cool, buy it. And because I know I can, but it's just not the right attitude. It's not. It's like, it's like yeah, but I want it. So I'm going to buy it. It's not the right attitude. It's not. I'm, I do the same thing. And it's like, yeah, I shouldn't. I really shouldn't. I, I shouldn't have sailed across the ocean. For, for, yeah, right. There, was, there were definitely times out there where you're like, why am I doing this? This is a terrible idea. We have sails. We have engines. We have planes. There are easier ways to get to Antigua. A lot easier. Yeah, so much easier. It's just pride. I've, it's I've just, said I'll do it's just pride and some sort of self-loathing. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So Self-loathing can do some wonderful things. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it can do can. some terrible things. Yes. But also some wonderful things. Yeah. You know. Yeah, which column does this fall into? We'll know in like a year <laughs> when you've like fully, fully come out like the other side. Out and it's fully yeah. like set in. When like, you're back in a normal job. Yeah, exactly. Doing those awful shifts you used to do. You used to do like... Oh man, that was horrible. Like long night shifts and yeah, shit. Yeah, like 12 hour night shifts and stuff. Ooh, no. Wasn't for me. No, no, no. Cool team. Mm -hmm. But the, uh, the higher business was not interested in me taking time off. So Screw them. Exactly. Screw exactly. Them. Who needs them, man? That does. They don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome, man. Thank you for coming on. No, thanks for having me. We'll wrap it up. You're off elsewhere now, right? Um, what's the time? Uh, I got an hour. Don't but, know. Yeah. What is the time? Two thirty. Nice. We did well. Yeah, we did, we did well. Do well. Awesome, man. Well, I'm gonna.